Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show that is brought to you with Levi Solicitors. They will give you 10% off your legal fees, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan, hello, and I'm joined by usual two, Michael Normanton, hello. Moscow White as well, Daniel Chapman, hello. TSB Plus is still on sale right across the summer if you want to keep in touch with us and all the stuff we've done. Maybe have a dive into the back issues that we did from 2009 right up to the current season. All those are on the website when you're a TSB Plus subscriber. You can get all these podcasts ad-free, exclusive priority access to the match ball after a game, plus an extra podcast every week in the form of the extra ball. Moscow, are you continuing with the emails across the summer with the essential League United news? The idea of ever taking a day off is just alien to me. You can also get discounts on our merchandise too. It's all at the squareball.net forward slash plus. So this is the Euro Bowl where we are Looking at, I think, the Euros, but through a Leeds United lens. It's going to be our diary of the summer, this one. Is it through a Leeds United lens because we don't know enough about football to talk about the Euros more broadly? Yes, it is, Michael. That is absolutely correct. No, it's true, isn't it? We've never uh, professed to know much about football, but uh, it is the Euros this summer, so we might as well talk about them, particularly now, because it's nice. This is one of the good things about the Euros. We've got some interest in it in terms of our players and, and how they perform. Well, that's, this is, I guess, the starting point then, isn't it? Are you looking forward to the tournament this summer? Yeah, something to do, isn't it? I, I dare say I'm, the England games that um, I've seen bits of have not exactly got the juices flowing so far. But I mean, England friendlies, are, they've been the same for my entire life. They've always been shit. So I've, I had no expectations of those. It'll be all right once it gets going, won't it? I'm sure. And I'm looking forward to seeing some Leeds players probably getting broken and me being in tears watching Calvin Phillips's shoulder actually leave his, leave his torso entirely. <laughs> Well, the cons of this are that it's not Leeds, and we have discovered over the course of the Premier League season that large swathes of English football fans are idiots. Like, you know, for example, whenever Calvin Phillips does a pass for England that's not directly towards goal, idiots jump on him and have a go at him about it. And we're here to correct that and be, we're going to be myopic in the, the other direction, aren't we? We're going to, we're going to look at every single bit of this tournament with rose-tinted glasses on. Correct. As regards <laughs> Liam Cooper, Calvin Phillips... Even Janny, we're gonna we're gonna look favourably on him. Well, these are the pros. Then we've got we've got Leeds players to be interested in, a number of internationals to follow. Plus, it's that kind of football everyday vibe, which I really like during the tournament summers. It gives us something to do. We've had football every day for the last eighteen months since it came back from well, not eighteen months since we came back post pandemic. I've quite enjoyed last week when there was just international friendlies I could ignore instead of mm. it being West Brom Southampton every hour until we die. That's true, but. A week off is enough. You don't need any yeah, more probably. than that. We, um, I mean, I went to, to Lincolnshire for my week off. You went up to Northumberland, didn't you, um, Michael? Did you know how many place names there are in Lincolnshire that pertain to Leeds United Greats? I drove past loads on the road signs. I assume there was a Jamie Forrester statue, wasn't there? Well, um, I, wasn't even think, play for Lincoln? I wasn't thinking specifically of Lincoln City. I was thinking of um, there's a place called Fotherby that we drove past. There was Ormsby as well. Wootton. Wow. Just three I can think of. I mean, those are the only three I can think of. But, so three then. But still, well done. Of course he played for Lincoln. 90 uh, games, 35 goals, 
and then Lincoln United as well, not to mention finishing his career at Lincoln Moreland's Railway. So it's who, a wonder who knew you Lincoln were, had three teams? It's a wonder you didn't visit his statue. Well, let's talk about the Euros then and our excitement slash trepidation about them. Because it's weird, isn't it? I mean, like a lot of people obviously listening to this will be English, but there are a large proportion of people who are not as well. And like our Irish cousins, plenty of um, Irish men and women listen to this and uh, will gaze over the sea and, and wonder what all the fuss is about. Because I mean, they're not fans, I don't think, as a rule of the English national side. They do have some interest at this tournament though, because I've this morning I went and got the sticker book to try and generate some excitement and... I've, I've already said before that international football can be an education. Who knew Glenn Kamara was Finnish? Really? Rangers Glenn Kamara. I had absolutely no idea that that man was from Finland. And if any uh, of our Irish listeners are looking for um, a point of interest or a, a side to support Finland, have uh, they're taking Daniel O'Shaughnessy with them if he's made the squad. I assume that there has to be some Irish heritage in Daniel O'Shaughnessy of Finland. But these are the things that you discover an international tournament that you never would have thought about. I don't spend my normal days waking up in the morning and saying, I wonder if anybody of Irish descent plays for Finland. And now I found out that Daniel O'Shaughnessy, formerly of Cheltenham Town, does. So that's good, isn't it? Is this stick sticker book of a Panini one? Is it a Panini one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a nice documentary about them on the telly last night, which was Monday night as we, uh, as we record this. Uh, but I am going to revise my opinion of the Panini brothers who set out and made an empire out of this business because they've left out quite a lot of the Leeds players from this sticker book, haven't they? Yeah, it's a bit of a scandal. There's um, there's no Tyler Roberts. There is no Calvin Phillips. There's no... Ben White, is he in there? Ben White is not in there. Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold is. Jack Grealish makes in. And I mean, Calvin Phillips was called up for England before Jack Grealish. So I don't really understand how that works. And also Spain have... Sergio Ramos is in here, but Diego Llorente is not, and neither is Rodrigo, who didn't make the squad in the end, although he is kind of in the squad now, but then they don't know. I mean, he's in the parallel bubble. Who even knows what the hell, what kind of team uh, Spain are going to put out? I'd, I feel a bit sorry for Rodrigo about that, because it's got to be a, you know, if you've not made the squad, fine. You'd go and book a holiday and maybe watch it on TV, but now, because of all this fiasco being made to go and train in parallel on his own. I don't know if the if the players in this shadow squad are able to train as a group or if they're all individual. Yeah, they are. It's a separate bubble, isn't it, they've formed. Well, but it's, it's like peering through the fence at their mates who have all got to go on the nice holiday, whereas they're just stuck like the other side of the airport, but which the, they could get on the plane. The main Spain squad are having to train. They're still training, but they're training individually. They're being kept apart to avoid any inter-squad uh, disease transmission sharing. of yeah. the virus. And it's fairly obvious that they'll get the first team all you know, fine again, they'll keep testing them to like Billy and find out that they're all right. And then they'll play until Rodrigo will then just, I'll just go home. I came here for no reason. Is Gareth Southgate allowed those dropped players to go home yet? Because he obviously picked too big a squad. And then even when he, he knew who he was taking, he just made them stay, didn't he? In Middlesbrough. It <laughs> seemed incredibly cruel. He's like, no, no, you can stay. I know, but, like, but, I, know you are, I know you all wanted to go off to your private islands in Dubai, but what you're going to do instead is come to Teesside and I did wonder, and be booed. Yeah, I did wonder why they were in Teesside, and it's because Southgate lives in Harrogate, isn't it? It's convenient for him to get home of an, of an evening, so they're all holed up in a fucking I don't know travel lodge in Stockton. I'm sure Middlesbrough's got a, a five star hotel. Are you sure? Are they using Middlesbrough's training ground? Not sure. This is where some knowledge would help you see. This is this is why we need to go through the Leeds lens because that's where um, <laughs> I went there to interview Pontus Janssen. No, it wasn't. Why would I be interviewing Pontus Janssen there? Who was it? It's Jonathan Woodgate. I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, they're very similar. They're both defenders. And it's a nice... Is that the Woodgate uh, interview that never got used because he turned out to be quite a bad manager? Yeah, it was all. It was, gonna, it was on the eve of the season. It was for 4-4-2 and they wanted... I basically asked him about every manager he'd ever worked with and it was going to be a, a feature about that. But then by the time it came to print it... Um, he was on the verge of losing his job, so they never actually ran it. He, he held on to his job quite well for a while after that, so they might have got away with it, but yeah, it, it kind of lost its thing. But it's a very nice um, training ground, and there is a five-star hotel right there, which I went and sat in while I found a taxi to get back. Rockcliffe Park, there you go. But I don't know if that's where England are. Let's find out. Yes, they're at Rockcliffe. There you go. Oh, yeah, we'll have had a, a nice time. Yeah, I sat in the... Uh, uh, the communal areas of this five-star hotel while getting lots of 
sort of sidelong glances I... and people coming up and going, um, are you are you a guest? At you that don't hotel? you don't you don't fit in here, sir. Look at you. Um, I wonder if it's going to be like my mate Johnny went off to university at Salford. Uh, this would have been nineteen ninety six, and um, I went to visit him in my first year, and he lived in what was a former tower block that had been converted, you know, for university use. But if you've ever been to Salford, it's like the Wild West out there, and gentrifying now isn't it Salford well bits of it are because well, it's well well before that but there was there was like a massive security fence around it and it was essentially a prison <laughs> that he was living in and I just wonder if that's what it's like just to keep all the locals in Middlesbrough out of Rockcliffe whether they've just got like razor wire all the way around it can anyway can we open some stickers I want to open my first set of stickers let's do this let's build the suspense and do this across the the duration of the show we don't want to uh, have the payoff now do we so can I open my stickers first uh yes so uh, we got um how many packs have we got Two each. Yes, you get a pack of. Uh, you get like the the sticker album is free, and then next to it there was a. It's like you know those things you can get to kill moths, like those big bits of board, and moths are supposed the to fly old, to it uh, and stick to it. The moth board. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you thinking of flypaper? No. Um. Anyway, it's like a big piece of cardboard with some uh with six packs of stickers stuck to it. Right, okay. And that's what we've uh, we've got. So we've got two packs each. And well, I think we're gonna I'm going to get in. some packs throughout the tournament to try and maintain our interest. There are, in the sticker book, to start with, you get some in it. So the ones we've got, we've got Raheem Sterling to start with, England's finest. Scott McTominay, which feels like a an insult to open your are they in our, book. Are they in our stickers or are they, pre- are they sort of printed in? Uh, no, they're in the stickers. Oh, they're in the stickers, that's good. Yeah. And then um, at the back, we've got Marco Verratti, Italy, Jonathan Williams of Wales, Yuri uh, Telemans, who scored against Leeds, um, the Belgian player of Leicester, and Denmark's Robert Skov. So that's our openers for six, although I'm not really counting Scott McTominay, so are, we've got five stickers. Are we keeping buying these through the tournament? Because I've I've not sanctioned these, and as a tight man, I have seen these in the supermarket, and they're about a pound a pack or something ridiculous. You get, you get, well, you get five stickers in a pack. Do you want me to run through who I've got? Go on then. Uh, well, it's it's quite telling about... This is just going to contextualise how little we know about football. Of the five stickers that I've got, one is one of those split stickers where you get, oh, you get two players on the same sticker. That explains... Yeah, I was very mystified by this because you get like... There's two pages for the Netherlands right here and then there's two pages the other way for Austria. But then in between, there's a combined Austria-Netherlands page with all the same players but half the size stickers. I don't really understand. It's to uh, rinse money out of parents who want their desperate children to have all the stickers. That's Literally, what some of these half size stickers could be the players that they thought might make it, Calvin Phillips, for example, um, rather than just the same boring old faces again. I don't need two pictures of Christian Bumgardner in my um, well, album. Given that we've got quite a lot of stickers to get through, I won't dwell on them too long, but I just want to say of the so five stickers, six players in front of me, I've only actually heard of one of the players. <laughs> Go on then, read them out. And I'm probably going to commit several racisms because I've just realised how many of these have got, they've got like weird accents and stuff like that on them. And it's just, I'm, I'm terrified of getting these names wrong. But, you know, at least we can smile at our, uh, our ignorance. So the one I haven't heard of from Finland looks like a goalkeeper. He's in a goalkeeper shirt. Lucas Hradeki, H-R-A-D-E-C-K-Y. 82 kilograms. <laughs> I was going to say that. Which feels quite heavy for a sticker. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I've I've followed his career for a while, but back when he was at, at TPS. But I mean, he's he's been pretty good for Bayer Leverkusen. Well, so some good Wikipedia in there. Yeah. Next one is uh, North Macedonia, which he's is from. Great. Hang on a minute. He was born in Bratislava. They were say he's gone born in Bradford then. I know for a fact that's not in in Finland. Tell it to Daniel O'Shaughnessy. Anyway, um, next one: North Macedonia. Stefan Spirovsky. Well, we know he's a friend of Janny, so that's good. Uh, I'm just friend noticing, of Janny is a friend of ours. I don't know if it's right for the tournament, but North Macedonia's uh, kit maker is Jako, J-A-K-O. Classic. Do you, do you own much Jako? Um, I don't know, but um, that's kind of who I would expect to be making North Macedonia's kit. I wonder if they make, um, they might make A.E.K. Larnica's kit, actually, which is who he, who he plays for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about um, Jan Gregus from uh, Slovakia? Oh, that, that, you mean? I mean, that's that's even hard to Google. It's a brand of vodka, isn't it? Grey yeah. Goose. G R E G U S. I once got told I couldn't afford Grey Goose. I, <laughs> I specified it at a bar, and they said, "You do know that's our most expensive vodka." Like, yes. <laughs> I'm not buying a bottle. I only want one. Yeah, but still, I, I was once told by a woman when I tried to order some random ale, and she was like, 
that normally because I'd asked for a pint of it. She's like, that normally comes in half pints, and a pint will be like nine pounds. And it's went, thank you for telling me that. I'll have something else. <laughs> well, was, didn't have the balls to brave it out and go. That, that's what I was hoping. She sent. She sent it on you. How much do you think Jan Gregus weighs? Um, I'm gonna say he weighs. Oh, wait, I'm, just, I'm on his Wikipedia. He's six foot three. I'm Thirty gonna, centiliters. Are we in stone or kilos? Uh, kilograms. We're in oh, Europe now. I don't really know what kilos are. Eighty. Seventy-seven. Not bad, right? Yeah. Um, next player is Artem Dzyuba of Russia. First name is Artem. He, he looks stern. He's got his arms folded in the photo. Um, oh, you get arms. They're uh, well. You can see them poking through the bottom of the frame. But their their kit, Russia's kit, it's an Adidas kit, and they've got the same collar on that we had on our away kit this season. Ninety-one kilograms is uh, is Artem. And then six foot six, he is big lad. One meter ninety six. That says on the on the sticker. Um. Anyway, the two oh two Scotsmen. One meter ninety six. Surely six foot six. Mm-hmm. That's not one meter ninety six. There's a disparity here. It's one meter ninety seven on Wikipedia. Is that six foot six? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't. Carry on. Anyway, two Scotsmen here: Stephen O'Donnell and Andrew Robertson. I've heard of Andrew Robertson. Stephen O'Donnell sounds very um. He sounds very generic, doesn't he? He sounds like a Republic of Ireland regen. I have, who does he play for? Oh, I've, I found English actor um, Stephen O'Donnell. Probably not him, is it? Anyway. Do you England. want me to stick these in, by the way? Yeah, you do that as, we, as we're cracking on. There you go. Okay. Do you want me to put them in the right place, or does it not matter? I'd put them in the right place if I were you. I think yeah. it'd upset anybody. You Do a little bit of anarchy? No. <laughs> um, ben White. Think, Andrew but, Robertson has the look of a Russian player. I might put him in Russia. Stephen O'Donnell, by the way, is... The right back from Motherwell. Ah, okay. So there you go. Uh, ben White being in the England squad, we, as Leeds United fans, we co- we must have collectively gone, ah, that's nice. I think it's nice. Because he is one of us, isn't he, in, a, in his own special way. He was voted Leeds fans' Brighton player of the season. Yeah. Is it, that right? Something it, like that? It was nice how much that annoyed them. Just, it, just it, it was just a reminder, we're bigger than you. Goes in the history books forever, that as well, doesn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. The thing is, I, I'm not particularly trying to claim him as our player still but I do think it's worth persisting with just because it really really seems to upset some Brighton fans yeah. and it's probably messing about calm down and what'll happen is when it comes around to him being sold to Man United for 90 million quid or whatever it is they will try and lord it over us because he's not gone to us and it's like but you're losing your best player it won't matter at that point point. and we can also say at that point say well what would be worth if Bielsa hadn't got hold of him he'd probably worth about 20 quid. 20 quid or something. Yeah. No, it was Potter. Potter's done it. I've already torn the Andrew Robertson sticker. I didn't realise that these half and half ones are actually split down the middle. Yeah. So I was trying to take them off as one. And then, yeah, I've torn the corner off of uh, Andrew Robertson. So I'm, I I'm sure I'll forgive you. Oh, that'll, be the, that'll be the Scousers upset with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, there will be a, a little bit of a, a slight England bias, do we think, for this? Because we're all English. And I mean, to be fair, if you're not English, you can just enjoy the English existential crisis, which is what I was going to say earlier about, like, you know, Irish fans looking over the sea and seeing us and, and there'll be Welsh fans listening as well. It's, it's great because I think one of the big cons about this tournament is that I don't give a shit because it's not Leeds. I struggle to care because there are a lot of twats in the squad, people I don't like. Like when Grealish went down and dived, you know, for that penalty, you can kind of excuse it when there's a collective benefit. But even then I just thought, oh, just fuck off. The commentators were trying their best to pretend he hadn't dived. Oh, he's earned that. Well, he, he's he's drawn the foul. Yeah. Well, he's not, he's not drawn the foul. He's run past someone and then... He's taken his leg completely away from where a normal running leg would go and hit someone and then throw himself to the ground, as he always does. It's a shame that he's arguably going to be our best player in this tournament. I mean, look, he's a great player. He is a really good player, isn't he? Because he picks the ball up and he makes things happen, give and go and all that sort of stuff. But when you look at how turgid like the England... Give and go to ground. Well, yeah. But yeah, how turgid like the England wide players are compared to like the way that Leeds play. Because I watch England and I see little bits of what like Bielsa does within the football, like moving it from side to side via the pivot. I think the cool kids call it a pivot, which is Calvin or Declan Rice or whoever. And you see him working this, working it side to side, but then they don't really know what to do. And I think, I'll oh, just make some, just do some overlapping runs. We get the fullbacks moving. We need more fullbacks in the squad. That's the problem. Not enough, not enough right backs in there. The problem is that England wide players are actually really good. Like, there's no way that Jaden Sancho and Raheem Sterling are bad players. It's mm. just that something seems to happen to them when they get well, in the England team. The system's not set up to to make them good. Like in the way that like so Leeds' system maximizes the potential out of every single player. He pushes them to their absolute limit, screaming at Luke Ayling, move, move, move. So when the wide player picks it up, there's always a three on two because it's all about overloads in wide areas. 
So you overload out there, everyone gets drawn over, and then you switch it. And we know that's what he does. And it, it's not that hard as a, as a tactic to employ. I just don't think like Gareth Southgate's got it in him to, to bollock these multi-million pound footballers. I think he wants to be mates with them. He's like one of those teachers who wants to be mates with his pupils. I've quite liked Gareth Southgate in press conferences, the stuff he's, the way he's explained things around the place, taking the knee and all that sort of stuff. I think he's done well at that kind of thing. But he also honestly has no business being England manager, does he? Having no. like a failed Middlesbrough manager and someone who has done, I think he did all right for England in 21s from what anyone can ever remember of those of those games. But like, I know they know the England job isn't what it used to be. It's not, it's not the top job in the country anymore, but he's not particularly good, is he? He doesn't have the prestige, does he? He's not the sort of guy who's going to command... The players might respect him because he's been a pro and he's been matey with them, but you can't imagine him kind of cracking the whip on them and making them do stuff they don't want to do, can you? Just like you can even see it from the way that, you know, when Grealish tweeted about being left out of the squad that time before he got actually got into the squad, that some managers would not have stood for that. They would have completely bombed him out for, for questioning his selection, but I don't know. You're saying we've got the wrong middles for a manager. Get Neil, there's still time. Get Warnock in. In truth, Warnock has more business being England manager than... Gareth Southgate, which I know <laughs> I really is I know is a, I know is a terrible, terrible thing to say. If Footy Insider or whoever the fuck it is keeps turning our ridiculous <laughs> opinions into news is listening, there's your headline. And yet, despite all this, his ridiculously negative tactics, there's still a chance they might work. I mean, we're not going to win it. I think that's what I was going to say when you talk about the the England centric element of uh, of whatever we talk about over the next few weeks. I mean, I wouldn't worry because it's not like England are going to win and we're going to be like insufferable. We'll be insufferable when Germany win and we claim it because of Robin Cock. Mm. Uh, but then you, people you will are win it? suffer alongside us. No, I don't know who would. I, mean, I, I think it'll just be Wales it'll be, might. It'll be one of it'll be just one of the generic teams that always wins it. It'll either be Italy, Germany, or Spain, because they're all overdue a win, aren't they? I had a look at the odds earlier, and England are second favourites. But we always are, which just, seems it, wrong. But it just represents the market, doesn't it? Rather than actual genuine chances. I mean, England have got a lot of brilliant players. I just don't think they've got the manager to get the best out of them. But you just never know if if somebody produces an individual bit of brilliance. If Jack Grealish goes through and falls over in the area in the semi-final or the final, you never know. We might sneak something and then bore our way to the tournament. But I think that's why I've come into it with a, a lack of enthusiasm for it from an England point of view, because Bielsa's leads are so much fun to watch and England are not. And there's no real genuine expectation of us winning it, I don't think, this time. Well, remember that the European championships are the ones where the winners can be a bit random Greece. That time I've got Denmark's page open in front of me. Remember them shithousing to win it in 1992, the last hurrah of the back pass rule when they hadn't even qualified. Portugal are the holders, aren't they? And that was basically just Cristiano Ronaldo on his own, which was annoying. Well, no, because he was injured, wasn't he, in the final? You don't remember, he was he was limping around on the sideline and it was good. Oh, of it, course, yeah. It was good because it was, good cause it good was his, it was what should have been his greatest moment that he was trying to still look central to, yes, even though he, he was he's the finally having got rid of one of the best players uh, ever to play the game, they managed to win something, which was quite funny. There you go. So it is the uh, the tournament where things can happen. That's uh, true, yeah. Am I binning Scott McTominay, by the way? I think just for consistency's sake, add him to the I add could, him to the album. We can always tear him out. Put him in upside down. Is <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs> a spite? don't know. Actually, I, mean, I said there are a lot of twats in the England squad. They're not really. They're all, they're all relatively likeable. There are some notable exceptions, like it's hard to love Harry Maguire because of his obvious connections and all the rest of it, but most of them are all right. There's actually quite some nice, talented young lads in there. I mean, the Man United players who and Chelsea players who've generally been the, the more awful of, of the England squad over the years, it's Marcus Rashford who's basically a saint. Yeah. There's Luke Shaw who I think he was bullied for so long by Mourinho and Van Gaal. I think everyone's a bit like, ah, it's given, he deserves a little bit of a break, doesn't he? Even though we, I think we may have abused him for being fat at some point in the season, but he's not, is he? I mean, he's a he's a professional athlete. And then Chelsea got Mason Mount, who's very, he seems like quite a nice chap, really, doesn't he? He's, he's fine, doesn't see, he's certainly not John Terry anyway. So it's it's hard to dislike. On Chilwell, he's, he's my player as well, he's another Chelsea player. Again, seems fine. He seems very leicester still, rather than Chelsea-ish. Like Jordan Henderson could piss off. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That penalty. Um, yeah, the whole second half yeah. farce, like you know, taken to the, the field. It was kind of like the reverse of. Um, I've now remembered Cristiano Ronaldo's performance in that final, where he, he basically stood around on the sidelines trying to look noble, and Jordan Henderson kind of did the reverse of that, striding onto the pitch. I know this is what I, I mean. I didn't watch the game; I only saw highlights. So, did he get the armband from Marcus Rashford because Rashford got substituted? 
Or did he come on and say, no, Jordan Henderson's on the pitch now, so I have to be captain. And also I'm taking the penalties and uh, I'll take the corners. And if we get a free kick, I'm going to take the free kicks. And also it's my ball. So when I say that the game's over, I'm going home then because uh, my mum is cooking my special tea. And I'm not going to miss it. And uh, uh, no, you can't have that goal because uh, <laughs> I saw the ball went over the, the, the touchline and you can't score from there anyway. I know that's not in the rules, but these are my rules. That was Jordan Henderson. I bet so. Ashley Cole loved that. He, he just seen it as a leadership, uh, a gesture of leadership. Roy Keane was actually quite funny about it, wasn't <laughs> he? When he was, what's he for? What's he for? Does he do card tricks or something <laughs> he was saying? Which is fair. I mean, it does seem strange as well that we've, We've, we're going to the tournament with Henderson, who isn't fit, and Maguire, who, who isn't fit. That does seem a slightly odd choice. Jordan Henderson's not even that good. I mean, Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice will both be perfectly adequate in England's midfield if Jordan Henderson isn't fit. So it really makes no difference. You may as well just leave him the fuck at home. <laughs> <laughs> Do what he wants then, can't he? And I mean, he, and we could have just taken Ben White in the first place if we'd not messed around with Maguire. Although I think, do you think that Southgate has decided to, because, you know, he kind of had the choice of who to put in instead of Alexander-Arnold and he went for Ben White. Do you think it's because he had to have watched Tyrone Mings a bit and then went, Christ, he's shit. <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely awful, this lad. He can't play. Tyrone, you know, we said that um, Urente has got a bit of a madness in him. But with Urente, it's just a really small, controlled, glint-of-the-eye madness. Whereas with Tyrone Mings, it's a forearm smashing the fucking penalty area madness. I mean, yeah, Urente is going to maybe concede a goal. I think Tyrone Mings might conceivably break someone's neck yeah, if, he, if he does that sort of thing. He, he's got form for this as well, hasn't he? He's done a couple of sta- head stamps in his time. Yeah, as well. well, Llorente, is, it's about fun risks. It's fun risk taking, like the Cruyff turn on the edge of the box and then another Cruyff turn on the edge of the box immediately afterwards because it gets him out of trouble and it's brilliant value because Bielsa's football is predicated on risk taking, whereas Tyrone Mings is just acting like... He's psychotic. Yeah, just, just a bouncer who's bored, you know? <laughs> I would have thrown a punter down these fucking stairs. <laughs> Pat Bamford didn't make it though, who was, um, well, if you watch the away game anyway, he was um, the bet noir to um, to Tyrone Mings because he got his hat trick down at, um, at Villa Park. But he has been helping out with Beeston Juniors as well instead of listening to the shite, the poison poured into his ears by Gareth Southgate. And he did get a mention at the England game, didn't he? Because there were some Leeds fans in the crowd who were <laughs> chanting his name, which was nice. And it was Ollie Watkins, wasn't it, who... Who, whose touches were being greeted by it, and he's not going either. So. I can't be the only person who found that quite funny. After all that hoo-ha about Watkins getting in ahead of Bamford, he didn't take it. He just didn't take Watkins. That, that's the thing with it. He would Bamford would have been pleased that he was in the initial squad. Then he, he probably just wouldn't have gone anyway, unless yeah. he could have really impressed Southgate, which he probably wouldn't have been, been able to because he'd have just been playing Godfrey up front or something stupid instead. <laughs> uh, but at least Liam Cooper's going and various others. We mentioned... Um, Urente there. We've got Tyro who's going with Wales, clicky at Poland, North Macedonia, all eyes on that with uh, with Janny. That's going to be fun seeing Janny on the European stage. It feels like he's an undiscovered treat. I mean, I know he's on the Premier League coverage, which is the most high profile football league in the world and billions see it every week and all the rest of it. But still to see it, you know, continent wide to watch him making noises and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Gianni as a as a star because he is in that team whereas for Leeds he always feels like he's a he's about the eighth ninth team name on the team sheet at best isn't he whereas I get the feeling for Macedonia he's one of the first two on there so he's it'll be nice to see him I, I look forward to seeing his leadership I think that's it because he's he's directing a nation there and I'm sure he's up to the job There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, let's open some more stickers then. Who's going this time? Is it you, Michael, or is it Moscow? After you, Michael. Oh, yes. It's like um, do the sound effects. Yeah, there you go. Right then. Ooh. Sorry, I'm getting excited. I'm knocking my microphone about. Right, I've got some players I've heard of. First out of the pack, Michi Batshuayi. Yep. What nation is that? Belgium. Oh, yep. Good. Who does he play for? Your favourite team? Chelsea. Yeah, you had another Chelsea player for you to big up. Nice lads, then, aren't they? <laughs> Your favourite bunch of boys, like that nice, that lovely Mason Mount. Yeah, just trying to. He's deflecting from his United. Yeah, exactly. Love, yeah, 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 exactly. No, you're sure. making it very easy for me. <laughs> Andreas Christensen is he another Chelsea player? They certainly have. A, you tell me. They certainly have a Christensen, don't they? Is he a Danish man? He is. Yeah, I've yeah. got, and I've got another Dane. I've got Lucas Anderson. Then controversially, I have some. I have their first Turkish players out of the pack. Okay. Another great bunch of lads, Hakan Kalhanoglu and Mamet Takdemir. And then I've got a Fabian Ruiz and Tiago for Spain there. So I think I've got slightly more high-profile players than you managed there, Dan. Or your, your Chelsea favourites. Yeah, exactly. Hand them over and I'll, uh, I'll stick them in. I hope you get exclusively Manchester United players, Moscow, so you can <laughs> praise them all. Well, uh, well, you can open yours towards the back end of the show. This mascot... Somebody's put the mascot on the sheet. I'd not heard, I'd not hear of this creature. Describe the mascot. Skillzy, that's S-K-I-L-L-Z-Y. Very much, I think, a, a Gen Z uh, mascot for, for 2020 slash 21. Well, the problem with him is he's not a creature. He's a boy. A nightmarish boy. <laughs> that's not really a mascot. The, the theme of it is, you know, he's a freestyle footballer and he is flanked. Um, I bet he does parkour as well. That's He's got that sort of parkour vibe about him. Well, they've... They've got a little uh, squad. Liv Cook, uh, who, who is uh, from Lancashire somewhere, and I have heard of, whereas Tobias Becks I have not heard of. But they're both freestyle footballers, so they do all the skills and that, which is fine. And then they've got Skillsy, who is also a freestyle footballer, but with the distinction he is the mascot because he wears a foam head, right. a foam human head. So hang on a second. So if you took off his foam human head, you would see another human head underneath. Well, exactly. But they've put a foam head on him to make him look like a boy. Right. And I don't really understand. It's it's either the chap... It feels like a safeguarding issue. <laughs> the, well, the, either the person wearing this foam head needs, like, is not getting the credit that Liv and Tobias are getting because they get to do all their freestyling skills without hiding their faces. And also, he must be really good because it must be much more difficult to do all kinds of keepy-ups and stuff if you're wearing a foam head, which will have some weight on it. Or there is another freestyle footballer out there who looks exactly like this foam head, like the representation of him, who is not part of the crew, but is every time he looks at it, must be like, fucking me. <laughs> but foam, and it, just, it doesn't really make much sense to me as a mascot. A mascot should be, I mean, like Lucas the Copcat, obviously you couldn't really train a snow leopard to greet children at Elland Road and do all the tricks and stuff. <laughs> I want to see that happen. So it makes sense. <laughs> you know, when we get a new West Stand, what was it? At West Ham, it used to be called the Chicken Run, didn't it? Down the front of their stand. I'd like a similar sort of thing, but for... Leopards. Yeah. yeah. I want a big, a big cat enclosure down the front of the new West Stand. Maybe it's open at the back. You can chance your arm down there. But that makes sense. Because, so to have somebody dressed up as a as a snow leopard, is much more sensible than having an actual leopard there. Whereas this, it's just a person, so why I not think, just have the person? Is it part of the problem that with this spread out Euros, there's no there's no thing to hang it on, is there? Like the Spain World Cup when they had like an orange as the mascot. That, that was nice. We've also got from uh, from Netherlands, Belgium, this one stood out to me in uh, 2000 when the, the mascot was Benny Lucky. This is a fucking terrifying thing, is this? What the hell is that? Well, it is a lion with a devil's tail and human hands. 
which um, <laughs> but look the, at his hair. He's got he's got the hair of a maniac. Well, yeah, it's all the it's the combined colours of the 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 various flags from the Benelux countries who feel like a, a constant theme on this podcast of late. And the the breakdown of his body. So it's a lion with a devil's tail and human hands. A lion's head, which appears on the crest of the Dutch National Federation. And the Belgian national team is historically nicknamed Red Devils, which I assume means the human hands um, represent Luxembourg. I don't know if that's a particular <laughs> feature of people from Luxembourg, that they, they have human hands, but um, reassuring uh, if they do. And yeah, and then uh, obviously Benny Lucky is Benny Lux, but Lucky. I started, and, uh, um, sorry, sorry, I just realised, I started reading Matthew McConaughey's book. Have you seen that? It came out, I think, back end of 2020 called green lights it's absolutely wild by the way and it's just i think the 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 cat enclosure reminded me of this because i've only read like the opening chapter or two but let me just read you a little excerpt from uh, matthew mcconaughey's book where this he's is the euros preview by the he's way. telling he's telling the story of his of his sort of background and the sort of person that has you know made him the man that he is today and he runs through a load of stuff that he's done and one of the things he says is i've uh, I, I won't do it in his voice because he's got a great like deep south of america voice hasn't he that kind of texas drawl but i've done peyote in Mexico in a cage with a mountain lion. And then the next paragraph is, I've had 78 stitches sewn into my forehead by a veterinarian. <laughs> I wonder if the two are connected. <laughs> anyway, back to this terrifying lion with ben, human hands. I've still got Ben Lucky on. He, he goes to show that amalgamating ideas doesn't necessarily work. It's like when people talk about the Leeds badge and they wanted a peacock and a white rose and and, and Lucas smiley, the cat yeah, on it and a smiley, smiley badge. badge yeah. An owl perched on its head. Some things are best left to... Maybe come up with something new, I think, is, is the idea sometimes. And um, mind you, I've never seen anything like Ben Lucky, so maybe he is new. I'll see him a lot now, I think. Now I shut my eyes. Well, it all kicks off on Friday anyway, doesn't it? Turkey versus Italy on Friday night. Then uh, a busy weekend in store as we have Wales versus Switzerland, where we see Tyro in action. Against Berardi. Uh, late call-up for, for Gitano, have we heard? You'd hope so. I mean, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be in the squad. I've not looked at the, the list, but I just assumed he was there. And uh, Denmark versus Finland in Copenhagen. Kasper Schmeichel potentially picking goals out the back of his net from that Scottish Finn. I happen to have the uh, the Denmark squad in front of me because I'm just sticking Andreas Christensen in. I have a problem with Denmark at the moment. It's entirely my own, of my own making. I'm convinced that Erling Haaland plays for them, but he's Norwegian. And I know that perfectly well. It's, you know, I even know his, his father intimately. But... For some reason, whenever I see Denmark mentioned, I'm like, oh, cool, I'll be able to watch Haaland play. And then my second thought is, you want your fucking idiot, because he plays for Norway. Is, have you got the flags confused? Because the Norwegian flag is, it's sort of a hybrid of Denmark and, and Finland, isn't I it? I don't know what's happening. We've got more uh, Denmark players than anybody else. I'm just about to stick uh, Lucas Anderson in. We've got three. I, do, I struggle with the concept that Kasper Schmeichel's approaching his mid-30s now. That's in no way correct. To me, he's, he's still that little baby-faced arsehole that was parading around Old Trafford holding his dad's hand in the in the 1990s, whatever it was. I just checked, by the way, Berardi's, um he's not in the squad. His last cap for Switzerland, his first cap for Switzerland was in 2011. Still time, isn't there? If he's he gets injuries, maybe he'll, he'll get the call. He's a relatively young man, isn't he? Hey, Sunday's going to be a treat because, first of all, we get to watch England uh, grind against Croatia, probably in a, in a desperately negative formation in which Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice will probably pl- uh, play and get absolutely hammered for it. And then we get to watch Alioski at tea time, six o'clock, playing against Austria for North Macedonia. I mean, I, I might be looking forward to that more than the England game. I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. We are going to. We should mention actually. We are going to do a match ball for the England games, it aren't we? It does feel like that's a unilateral decision on your part. Oh, right. I thought we were. I, I don't know if I can be asked coming in on a Sunday to spend time with you. Oh, okay. Well, I tell you what. Even if we, if we don't do it on the dates, because we might end up drunk. You never know. If England progress in the tournament, it might involve drinking, particularly because we've got nice weather at the minute. So let's not promise it. Let's intend to do it, and then see if we can get round to it. Your commitment is is really astounding. <laughs> I'm just looking ahead to Monday, actually, because Monday looks like a lot more fun because you've got Scotland playing against the Czech Republic, so Liam Cooper. Then you've got Poland against Slovakia, Mateus Klik. And then you've got Spain against Sweden, Urente and Pontus. We should speak about Pontus, actually, shouldn't we? Because um, they're up and uh, in the Premier League are Brentford. And again, it was all down to Marcelo Bielsa that they finally made the leap from uh, from the championship into uh, into the Premier League. Two promotions in two seasons for... 
Marcelo, that uh, yeah, that post-match interview from Pontus Janssen was ridiculously entertaining. I was watching it live and I was waiting. I was like, mention Brentford then. But say you, something you, you about could Brentford. See, you could see he'd sort of arrived at a thought and he just pursued that thought, didn't he? And you, and you realised by the time he got to the end of that thought, oh Jesus, you've, you've taken the wrong, you've come off at the wrong junction here, son. And you've taken a wrong turn and you've ended up in the wrong city. But it was great. He's done this a few times though, hasn't he? When he, he sort of said, I, I love, I love Leeds. I love my time at Leeds. It was a great club. The fans were brilliant. And of course, Brentford fans are, are, are brilliant as they're well. Fine. I, I suppose, aren't they're they? Fine. Um, from what I can re- remember of them, they're, they're decent. And, and, um, the guy, the manager bloke, he's he's uh, to- Tommy Tommy Frinks or something. He's not bad, not bad either. So well done to him and my other teammates. Um, I, I'm looking forward to <laughs> those guys. I am looking forward to seeing how much of an arsehole Frank makes of himself in the Premier League because I I had a, a bit like you, Michael. Like you know when we were discussing this going into the playoff final, like Moscow, you said now you want Brentford up, uh, and Michael, you said you didn't because you couldn't bear them in the Premier League. I think it'll be quite funny now because they might do all right, but also they might struggle a lot like many, many weeks. And I think that sort of smugness should melt away quite quickly, but I know he'll retain some of it Will Thomas Frank. And, and as you said, Moscow, you know, he'll start lecturing other managers, long established managers in the Premier League about how they've got to compete with Brentford. I mean, what we learned from that Pontus Janssen interview as well is that he manages Brentford too. You know, he brought Marcelo Bielsa's ideas with him and has implemented them in Brentford's training while Thomas Frank watched. That seems to have been how they got promoted, but have you seen Thomas Frank's ears? No. There's a very good reason why he's got long hair. 17 ears. I believe he's only got the pair, but they're remarkable ears. I'm now on Google Images. I mean, it's bad to you know body shame somebody in this day and age, but just check out his lugs. I bet he's employed one of those companies to take down all photos of his uh, exposed <laughs> ears. Well, they are quite large, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, it's his hair and his general face. He's creep- he creeps me out. He'd definitely be a baddie in a film. Yeah, like, like a Coen Brothers film, he's the one with a load of bodies somewhere. Like Dumbo in a wig. <laughs> I'm happy to have him and Pontus in the uh, the Premier League because it just means uh, the alternative, as we discussed, was uh, Steve Cooper, Matt Grimes, and Matt Grimes' mum, and just seeing Grimes fail. That championship mother of his, yeah, Be- <laughs> Becky, very happy uh, with that. Becky will still have to keep the the holidays on the uh, on the championship um, expenditure scale, won't she? Not Premier League money. Oh, by the way, if you haven't yet heard of Pontus and uh, his interview, it's probably worth listening to this again. Should we ever listen? Bless him. Uh, I think the difference this year to last year, last year I said a lot of Leeds fans was against me, they didn't want me luck. But this year, so many Leeds fans have been with me and with Brentford, probably because they're already there and they wanted me to come and join them. And I, like, I love Leeds. Brentford fans know I love Leeds. Leeds is one of the favourite clubs I have. And yeah, of course, I love Brentford as much. And I'm... I'm so proud, I'm so happy, and uh, this means the whole life for me. I, I could go home to Sweden and I'll retire because this is, this is what I've dreamed of so long time since I came to England. And now, finally, of course, I will not go home. I will stay here and hopefully play Premier League football. I'm so happy at the moment. A lot of people were surprised that you made the move to Brentford from Leeds. Does this justify it now? That's probably what's making me proudest. I saw something in, in Brentford. I'm, I'm so thankful to Bielsa and what he gave me at least. He gave me so much knowledge that I actually brought in here to Brentford and Brentford was so willing to listen to me and with my ideas that I took from Bielsa. So I thank him a lot. Bielsa for me is one of the best coaches in the world and people think that me, my and his relationship is not the best, but it is. He's very good. I, I'm so thankful to him and yeah, of course, I love Brentford so much, but I also say thank to Bielsa and to Leeds. It's quite remarkable listening to it back, isn't it? My ideas, and I brought them to Brentford. Brentford listened to me and my ideas. (laughs) Which were Bielsa's Which were wholesale lifted from Leeds United and Bielsa. He's very clearly, I would say there, pretending he's just been promoted with Leeds. Yeah, I think he's trying to block out the Brentford (laughs) elements of it and just trying to imagine that he's he's got a nice sunny day at Wembley and 40,000 Leeds fans there, and instead he's like looking around at a half-empty stadium of fans he doesn't particularly like and a manager he hates just thinking well at least he gets to go to Ellen Road next year so yeah. that's going to be something gets to, pl- some- gets to play in the Legoland Stadium in front of what 17,000 every uh, every other week great a stadium designed to have not many people in it because that's why they've done the different coloured seats isn't it so yeah. even when it's half empty it doesn't look too terrible on TV so yeah bless him I dare say it'll be full next season uh, but he will be dreaming of Ellen Road of course he will I'm sure I'm sure he'll get a really warm welcome just like Matt Grimes' mum would if she chose to come to Ellen Road. He's heading into Beckford territory, isn't he, with his respect for Leeds here, in that he's he's 
almost suggesting he has no interest in ever damaging Leeds United. He's like, well, I'm just looking forward to it. I'm glad they were. I, it's the fact he thinks that the difference is that has got them promoted is that Leeds fans were with him. Yeah. That's the first thing he zeroed in on, wasn't it? Was Leeds fans. The, the difference is that last year, Leeds fans were against me. This year, they're with me. And that's and that's what's made the difference to Brentford's promotion campaign. That's the reason they didn't choke at the 11th hour again. I think as he plays a very different game to Jermaine Beckford, it won't quite work that way at Selland Road. I think it will be a warm reception and then the game will start and his first touch will be greeted with a big round of your two shits play for Leeds and then he's going to lose his mind, headbutt Pat Bamford and be sent off and then sort of have to crawl back. Like His apology the next day will be to Leeds fans for disrespecting us and Brentford <laughs> who then miss him for 10 games suspended or whatever is, uh, is completely irrelevant. Um, I think it will be that kind of implosion thing but he will um, yeah he's de- definitely desperate to be liked and remember he turned up at the uh, the Arsenal FA Cup game didn't he he was cheering us on and he, he's uh, you're right that he's still in that mindset of he's it's pretending it happened the it's, way he wanted it's hurting him isn't it it's hurting the fact that he was bombed out for not playing by the rules because he was the best player but just couldn't stick to the rules and demands that Bielsa made of him and off you go I mean when he leaves Brentford He's not even going to watch them if they're on telly, is he? If it's, if it's a Sunday afternoon and he's retired back in Sweden or whatever and there's nothing else on, Brentford he'll, he'll, the... he'll talk vaguely about that nice time he had in London, but that'll be it. Yeah. His career target now is to end his career with Malmo, but the other thing he needed to tick off first was playing in the Premier League by hook or by crook. So Brentford are essentially, they're just the vehicle that he has hitched a ride on into the Premier League and he actually has, has taken them there single-handed with the help of Leeds United supporters. <laughs> it could have been anybody you I mean, know he did he did even give away the malmo thing didn't he he said i can go i can go back to sweden now yeah well and then he remembered it's oh yeah getting promoted i actually want to play in the premier league as well um and it's quite it's quite sweet in a way because i don't think it's um it's not one of the things like oh i want the wages for a year you know i'm going to get premier league money for a year he just wants to play in the premier league so that in the end he can say i was a premier league footballer i did that that's great before going back to Malmo as a hero and doing whatever he can do, uh, whatever Malmo needs at, at the time. And then, yeah, off into the, into the sunset and enjoy the rest of his life, having achieved the things he wanted to achieve while um, Brentford can just go fuck themselves. <laughs> Again, congratulations to him, though. Another player of the season. It's about the fact that Ivan Tony scored about 40 goals or something ridiculous. Did we vote for that as well? Uh, we did. Ah, good. good. Yes. It's, again, just a reminder of your place in the natural order. That's all. Uh, we mentioned Ellen Road there. We've got a new pitch coming at Ellen Road. That's exciting. Is, are you excited about Permavoid? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of doing my whole house in it, to be honest. I've, just, got, I've actually, genuinely, it's not Permavoid that I bought, but I've got some of that shit in my garden. It's not Permavoid. Does it have a, does it have, collect rainwater underneath? Yeah. All right. I put some in because we've got a boggy garden. We've got some trees out back and therefore the uh, the garden never dries out. It's not properly uh, properly drained. So I put some water retention crates in a gravel trench and then there are some like permavoid-like tiles across the top of it that just store a couple of inches of rainwater and then let it dissipate into the soil. There you go. It's oddly exciting, I find it. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's just seeing a, a football pitch dug up is exciting. I think it's just like seeing a, a door that's normally locked and you see yeah. it open. And you a, can have, it, like it, at school or something, when like the door to like the boiler room was open or something, you could have a little peer in. Yeah, it's a like, peek behind the Ooh. curtain. It's a peek behind the curtain. What's going it? on under here? Yeah. I, I, no, I absolutely love it. I, mean, I think we're all so kind of engrossed in, in what Leeds United is at the minute that every single minor detail retains interest to us, doesn't it? Like in another five years, if they dig up the pitch or whatever and replace it, you know, whatever drainage you did five years ago. But, um, this is very exciting, particularly because it was a little bit of a hindrance this year. It's good to see it all just being put right. And uh, and if you've seen the photos of Bielsa up at Thorpe Arch as well, they're doing work up there to uh, to do bits and bobs, aren't they? So um, He's always having stuff done up there, isn't he? He's always wanting hills moved and take trees, that hill out. trees trimmed and stuff like that. The under-11s to run harder, work <laughs> faster. That was lovely, wasn't it? That was lovely and wholesome, seeing that photo of him coaching the kids. Uh, just a reminder that he's, uh, he's very different to a lot of... Uh, a lot of football managers, and he's and he's not doing that because it's a photo opportunity, as you could imagine someone like, let's say, Mourinho doing, like Pat Bamford at Beeston. No, it was <laughs> no, he, now that's uh, that. What do you call it? These ceilings, ceiling tiles. Yeah, those ceiling tiles were definitely all put in by Pat Bamford. He was not just standing on a chair and 
giving one a little push for the photo op. Definitely I've just got visions of, I don't know whether it's his agent or somebody who's representative who stood alongside him just said, look, you're not insured to be on that chair, Pat. <laughs> just get up there, get it done, get down. But I mean, it's nice that he's doing stuff like that, isn't he? He could probably just be on holiday. Although, can you go anywhere? I don't know. Most of the players seem to have managed it, don't they? I've seen Jackie Harrison playing football with his dog. and In Costa Rica, isn't he, with his missus because she's from there. Dreadful looking couple, aren't they? Of them. <laughs> Actually, I've seen... Sickening. Part of the reason why I deleted Instagram was because I was sick of looking at those two bastards with their money and their... Just doing exercise together every day. And, oh, isn't this beautiful? Aren't we beautiful? <laughs> Pathetic. He should sign any day now, shouldn't he as well? Because the window opens, weirdly, on the 9th of, uh, 9th of June, which is tomorrow as we record this. Is that when all our signings will be announced as well? Rodrigo to Paul straight through the door. What, via Argentina? He's have you, have you been following him on um, his social media, Dan? Where is he? I've had to let him go. You know, they say, if you love something, let it go. That's how I feel about that. And I just couldn't tolerate Instagram anymore. So uh, I occasionally dip on there just to have a look, just to remind myself, you know, what a beautiful Argentinian man looks like. But he's not coming, is he? It seems unlikely. Is the Copa America still going on? It's all a bit vague at the moment still, isn't it? He does seem to be over there. Yeah, he? lots of people are over there, but they don't know where they're going to play it. You think if they were doing it this summer, they'd probably have an idea by now, wouldn't you? Well, that's the whole thing. They've moved it because of um, COVID. And, um, they've is, moved is it, it still in, in America? Well, it was going to be in Argentina, and they've moved it very hastily to Brazil, I think. Um, but now everybody in Brazil is saying, that's a fucking mad idea. So, I was just saying, when you said Brazil, then I thought, hmm, when it comes to COVID hotspots, I, I gather they've not done so well. So Yeah, so they announced, yeah, here it is, uh, the 1st of June. They announced that it's going to be held in Brazil, and it starts on the 13th of June. That doesn't feel like a long time to organise a um, continent-wide tournament. Don't know about you. They do have the the song is sorted out, though. That was released uh, on May the 11th, a customised version of La Gozadera by Cuban duo Gente de Zona. Mm-hmm. So, um, How's that go? Can you give us a bit, yeah? yeah. Um, I haven't heard it, but it does... What do you think uh, it might sound like? Well, La Gorazadera is a Spanish term meaning a good time or a party. Well, I knew that. So I reckon it's upbeat. It features American singer Mark Anthony. Oh, it was out in um, 2015 and it's been redone. So um, It's like Three Lions, is it then? Kind of just rinse that, rinse that every four years. What well, up to now? 50 years of her, is it or something? Over 1.2 billion views on YouTube. So it's got to be a good song if that many people want to listen to it. We might not get Rodrigo de Paul, but we might get Mateus Pereira. There are conflicting reports about how much he's supposed to be worth and um, Leeds having to sniff around. If you had to believe the, the paper talk about his, uh, his agent saying Leeds have been in touch, 15 million, you'd snap him up at that, wouldn't you? I've no idea if he's any good or not. I guess he is. He's been quite good when I've seen him. Makes with Rafinha as well. For 15 million quid, I would have him. And whether or not we actually need anyone in his position is doubtful. Although when we sell, we'll probably need a replacement for... Um, oh, here we go. This is like the intro to the video. There's some good stuff with fire hydrants. We'll need a replacement for Rafinha is what I was going to say. Yeah. Whoa. Start the song. 30 seconds into this video. Right, here we go. Are we going to fall foul of... Um... Yeah, we are. Turn it off. It's, it's just... It's Despacito. <laughs> See, if you'd have, if you'd have done a, your version of it, Moscow, it would have been fine. Turn it off. <laughs> We're not allowed to have this. <laughs> we'll just get rinsed. Uh, would you have Pereira? Just, I want to build a club that just employs Rafinha's mates so he doesn't ever leave us. That's what I want to do. And I think that's probably part of this transfer strategy. He's already going to go to Liverpool and they can just give us whatever money they want and any players that they have spare, they're just going to give us them as well. Is that so how it works? That's, it? that's what they seem to be thinking. So, I mean, in all honesty, if we get like a £90 million offer for him, we might just have to sell him, which would be a shame. I, th- I think given where we are in our progress... If we did that in another year's time, I'd be fine with it. I'd understand. I don't ever want him to leave, but I also accept that money talks in this business and we haven't got all the money that twats like that have got. But we're also not going to sell him for like 30 million quid, which is what has been yeah, exactly. s- stuck in the in the papers. And, and Well, it's not the papers anymore, really, is it? On on the internet. So I mean, if let's just keep him. That's Buendia, isn't it, from Norwich's 30 million pounds. So that's your baseline. That's your starting price when it comes to yeah, but there seems Rafinha. To be, there seems to be a, a Villa premium on everything, doesn't there? They're spending, like Watkins, what did they pay for him? Was that 30 million? Yeah, it's their tactic is that every season they'll just buy a 30 million pound player from the 
the championship because they think that's clever. Oh, we've done some scouting in the second division. Nobody will have heard of they, these um, players. Speaking of, they, they got rid of their entire recruitment department, didn't they, fairly recently? Is that right? No idea. Again, it's football talk, so I mean... <laughs> Again, we're straight into areas we're not going to be comfortable in. But I assume it's just the premium for getting people to look at Dean Smith's head every every day of the week. Just think, Wah. but if Wendy is worth thirty million pounds, then double that if you want to talk about Rafinha, and then fuck off. But half it if you want to sell us Mateus Pereira because we'd like a bargain. Well, Rafinha is better than Pereira, isn't he? And he is relegated to fuck. Mm. So therefore, he's worth less, in my opinion. Fair point. This left back as well um, issue. There's a, a lot of talk around um, that Javi Galan, who's a Huesca, good in the stats. The stats say he's dead good at carrying the ball and shit. Well, what does Ashley Cole think? Well, he would know, wouldn't he? Uh, but they've just you been can't re- trust the stats. They, they've just been relegated to fuck, and he's only got a year left on his contract, so it might be quite cheap. But he dribbles a lot, second only to Lionel Messi. So that means he's almost as good as Messi. Is Javi Galan uh, the same person as in the song by MIA? Is that who she wrote it about? Remind me. You remember Galang by MIA? Yep. I yeah. do. I uh, Yeah, me too. Do you want Eddie Niketia? Um, On loan again for free? I don't know. Arsenal seem to want money for him this time. They've decided, having dragged him back from Ellen Road for no good reason and potentially fucked up our season, they're getting rid of him anyway. That's a Brentford next summer signing or who else has come up? Norwich. Maybe not Norwich. They're a bit parochial, aren't they? Who's the other one that's come up? Watford. He's a Watford signing. They might buy him for twenty million. You'll have to. I mean, Udinese is where Watford source most of their players. Rodrigo de Paul, for example, Crystal Palace. That's yeah, where it will go. If yeah. he's, uh, if he's again, it's kind of the working out the Rafinha benchmark. If Eddie Enketia is a twenty million pound player, um, cheaper than Rian Brewster, you're going to have to find two hundred million pounds to even look at Rafinha's tattoos. And do you want the, the Georgian winger whose agent appears to be hoarding him off around all the European major leagues? He did say, because there's been talk of a conversation with Victor Orta by this lad, he's, uh, he's the gig- uh, the gigantic bloke whose name I'm not going to tr- attempt to pronounce. What is it? Kvitskalia. Him, yes. He's 20 years old. He's absolutely massive. And there's a lot of interest in him from across Europe. But he mentioned that he wants to go to La Liga, apparently, in an interview. So that's his preferred destination. So can he piss off there? Or do we want to just get him in and teach him a lesson? Well, I'd like a 10-foot winger. Yep. That'd be mint. Put him up against that Brighton giant. Yeah. We might have a chance against Brighton next season. They're obviously going to take six points off us just because they've got lots of seven-foot uh, defenders. So if we can take them on with a 10-foot winger just for that game, maybe he can sign for whatever, go and play in La Liga, but with some kind of deal that he plays for Leeds United against Brighton. Two fixtures. And what about this one then? Does this feel like the one that got away to you? Uh, he's just signed for another club. He hasn't come into Leeds. You know, we're looking for a left back. Cameron Borthwick Jackson. He's just gone to Burton Albion. Wow. Has he been somewhere in between or is that him, his Man United contract expiring? I think it might have finally expired. I, I don't know, to be honest. He's, I mean, he will be a multimillionaire, I would assume, off the back of getting a good Man United contract when he was like 18. So you've got to say fair play to him because he's shit. Well, maybe he's not shit. Maybe he at one point was good, but he was certainly shit for Leeds and his career sense and ending up at Burton Albion suggests maybe he is a bit shit. Uh, His contract with Scum ended summer 2020 and then he went uh, to Harold Kuehl's Oldham Athletic who stank the place out at the bottom of League Two and presumably he's even too shit to stay there. So he's gone to Burton Albion who... A Burton Albion in the league. Yeah. Oh, he's actually gone up a league. <laughs> league one. Well, I don't know. They're, Just no idea. They go up and down loads, don't they? And they're always... Is Nigel Clough still manager? Well, that's it. Nigel Clough is not the manager. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is the manager. Of course he is. Where did Nigel Clough go? Because Nigel Clough... He went to Derby, then back to Burton. Then and he's probably at Mansfield. Forest, and then... He'll be at Chesterfield Oh, he's never managed um, Nottingham Forest. He just, he just follows his dad, doesn't he? His dad's career. I uh, think that's one of the the few, very, very few errors in 100 years of Leeds United by me. I've foolishly had Nigel Clough as managing Nottingham Forest at one point, which he never did. He just looks like he has. There was one big error with that book that I did spot. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, (laughs) you've beaten me to the punchline, you bastard. Oh, okay, sorry. Cameron Bothwick-Jackson's got a really tiny, (laughs) tiny head as well. 
Mm. Like it's remarkably thin. People say about a footballing brain. I don't know what's contained within within that little pinhead. Is it like, like I haven't got a picture up, but is it like an emu or something like that? Is it? It's remarkably thin. That is a small head. And yeah. I know I'm the opposite end of the scale yeah. on the, when it oh, comes to this. I've got a decent Swede on my shoulders, yeah. He, um, in the honours section of his um, Wikipedia page, well, the one honour he has in his career is the Denzel Haroon Reserve Player of the Year 2015-16, <laughs> which is something that gets handed out to uh, young players at Scum. So that's his, that's his big, big achievement. Who's Denzel? Um, I don't know. It's body like Arnold with a Denzel face, I think. It's not even their main Young Player of the Year award. They have the Jimmy Murphy Young Player of the Year, but then also the Denzel Haroon Reserve Team Player of the Year. So that all sounds like a a mess. But he won it, so, you know, fair play to him. Him and uh, uh, Sylvani Banks-Blake won it once. Kieran Lee, Richie Delight, Adnan Janozai, the incredibly wonderful... Winger, some big names. Who actually got Yanazai? Do you remember in that there was a big tug of war about because he could play for like England or Croatia and and everyone was like oh, trying to get hold of him, and then it turned out he was kind of shit anyway. Well, he plays for the Belgium national team according to Wikipedia, but I have the uh, the sticker album right here. Open, open your stickers because I mean, like all this chat of Cameron Borthwick Jackson, I know he's thrilling the listener, but <laughs> they're, what they're really waiting for is your five stickers. Well, there's no sign of um, what's his face. Adnan Chops in the Belgian pages of the sticker album. I mean, it's not just five because we've got two packs, haven't we? Yeah, let's save. Let's save the next round. I mean, I, I know I mean, it's exciting, but let's save the next fifteen stickers until the next show. Didn't do that very noisily. He could, have, he could have played for Belgium, Kosovo, Serbia, Turkey, Croatia, or if he'd stayed a little bit longer in England, England. I right. think. ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to do all four sides of the pack, Moscow. Just slide the stickers out. I'm doing. Uh, I'm making it interesting for the listener. Some. It is very ASMR, isn't it? Lots of audio, right? So, um, some of the little please, Michael, to start with. Eden Hazard, brilliant. Um, yep. On a half sticker with his brother, uh, Thorgan, which is nice for them. Um, oh, and as mentioned earlier, um, Secret Finn, Glenn Kamara, it's here along with his mate. It's another half half. Robin Lodd, that's uh, that one. Um, Who's the other Hazard brother? There's another. Uh, are there, are there three of them. Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very good. We Thank have a Belgian, another Belgian. So Timothy Castagna, and then we go to Russia. Um, he doesn't look. He looks a bit more worried rather than stern. Does uh, Andrei Semenov? Um, he's been playing for. It's not clear. I, I think it means when he started playing for the national team when it says Russian since 2014. Don't know if that's when he, you know... Presumably it was CCCP before that, no? Could have been. Um, Killian. Killian Hazard CIS. is the name I was searching for. And then we have an Austrian. Uh, the Austrian goalkeeper, I think. Pavavo Perven. Pervert, if you ask me. But that's him. And for legal reasons, don't ask me about whether he's a pervert or not. I'm sure he's... I think you should probably just absolutely. stay for legal reasons that he's not. <laughs> well, might be. I don't want to ruin his... Fun. Um, so let's, <laughs> let's stick. I mean, it, there's this face. You decide. I mean, the listener probably doesn't need to hear us sticking stickers in a sticker book. Uh, we don't need to prolong the show. Stick him in your book like he sticks his face against the windows <laughs> of. Careful. <laughs> Nowhere. His own house, probably. There's me peeling the backing off that one. And then which one shall I do next? Let's go to Russia. Well, let's just wrap Two the show up. Please, let's seven. just wrap, wrap the show up. And no, just, just out of curiosity, how many stickers are there to fill this book? If we do 15 per show. I'm just trying to get the... Plus, you know, obviously we're going to have some doubles. Trying to get the corner. <laughs> kind of a bit difficult. With this one. Please just t- give me the answer. How many stickers are in it? Uh, well, I'm halfway through peeling the back of this one. So it, the sticky might go if I don't put it straight in. So Andrei Semenov is in the book. There he is. Right. Total number of stickers. We haven't had any shinies yet, which is a bit annoying. Um, yeah, you always get one shiny per pack, didn't you? Yeah. Was that a rule? I think so. There are 678 stickers. Do you want to know who the 678th is? Yes. Guess. Tyler Roberts. No. Guess again. My, uh, Dan, you can have a guess. Uh, give me a clue. Um, is it a country? Is it a, is it a themed page? It's a player. Is it... Thomas Brolin. No. 
It's, of course, it's Portugal's Francisco Trinchao, as any fool knows. I've just worked out. So if we do 15 stickers per episode of the Euroball, it'll take us 45.2 episodes to fill that book, assuming we get no doubles. Well, we better open these other packs then, haven't we? Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we open them off air? And then Boo. we can update the listener next time we do it because I, just, I don't. I just don't feel like we need to sit through another fifteen. But we get to hear about footballers and stuff. It's, in, it's interesting. We've. I didn't. You know the news that Glen Kamara is finished, and uh, you're finished. That's what it is. <laughs> He's no finish. Okay, listen. Let's um, wrap it up there then, and we will reconvene at a date in the future to talk about football. We might be here on Sunday to talk post England. We might. We might even do one later on this week if if stuff starts to go off. You never know. If we sign a footballer for Leeds United, we might come back and talk about it. No promises, though. If it's Rodrigo de Paul, we're in, aren't we? Yeah. Basically. I mean, it'll be a 24-hour live stream naked if uh, if that happens. Otherwise, we will catch you in a bit. See you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 